0: Warning, Warning. the following following fantasy fantasy football football takes takes from J.J. JJ Zacharyson and Denny Carter Carter. may burn down your house. house. Fantasy football podcast called Live in the Stream
1: comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek Quarterback defense tidings. Show. Here are your podcast hosts, J.J. Zacharyson and Denny Carter Living the Stream Welcome ladies and gentlemen to another episode of Living the Stream I'm J.J. Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback And I am, as always, joined by my lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter Denny, what's going on, my man?
0: Um, I have a question. Am I going to be as lovely without eyebrows? Because I think that I might lose them <laughs> in today's episode. Because so, so many hot takes are coming. It's
1: we're we're going to need a a uh, a hot take Denny Carter Twitter account, <laughs> and it's going to be have to be a, a bald version of your of your avatar on
0: on Twitter. Yeah, wow. You know, I mean, just just the thought of that makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm all for that.
1: No no hair for you after today's show.
0: Actually, I think John Beckler. Uh, made an avatar of me bald once, <laughs> oh, and
1: it was frightening, right it, was,
0: it, was, it was, no, people yeah, people were like rioting in the streets and and terrified and the world was gonna end yeah
1: i w- I was certainly terrified by that. I don't think I, there's like no you know like people look different whenever they get their head shaved or something. but I think of all people on this planet <laughs> you would look the most different
0: yeah it's it, it was yeah, it was terrifying i I didn't sleep for like a week, honestly, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, that's, that's what we're going to be talking about on today's podcast. We teased it a little bit on last week's podcast. We got some hilarious gifts, uh, in, in our mentions on, uh, on the live, live the stream FF account on Twitter with, with, uh, explosions going off and so on, just because it's going to be hot takes galore today, man.
0: Right. There was that great tweet, uh, from the, uh, the scene from the most recent season of Game of Thrones where, uh, Khaleesi's dragons finally unleash.
1: I don't know Game of Thrones. Yeah,
0: then. At least the fire, but yeah, the so the the, the dragon the dragon fire was a, uh, a a comp for our hot take episode. Is it
1: bad that I don't watch Game of Thrones?
0: No, I mean you know I I I, I like it. I think that it peaked in like I, I think it peaked like three years ago. <laughs> so yeah, um, I can't
1: remember. Wait, don't you have a hot take for Breaking Bad?
0: Mm, yeah, my hot take for Breaking Bad is meh.
1: That's just, just, I mean, it's appropriate for this particular podcast, so I can't be upset, because you can say whatever you want on this podcast, and it's okay. Right. I, but you're, I mean, but you're wrong.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm right. My, my my hot take for that would be, oh, uh, is it over yet? Oh, my God. Dude, this
1: is such a good show. You know what a good Such show. A good you
0: know, show. no. You know what? Uh, the Wire ruined everything for me.
1: Okay. See, I haven't seen the. Those are the two, like, the, like of all the shows that I've, because I've, you know, I'm like, I'm an average to above average uh, watcher of television shows, and The Wire and Game of Thrones are the two that I have not gotten into.
0: Well, look, if you are a white, a white person with sufficient white guilt, The Wire will really appeal to you.
1: Nice, right. perfect. Just, just, that's, perfect. That's up my alley. You know what show I watched recently uh, was Bloodline. Have you heard of that? No. It's a Netflix show. It's on uh, it It's a. It's got the dude from what's his name from Friday Night Lights. Oh um, yeah 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 okay. But no, it's a, it's a really it's a really 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 solid show. I'm excited. If you guys have heard of Bloodline, hit me up on Twitter because I'd love to talk about Bloodline.
0: So no no take on Bloodline though. I mean I it's
1: no it's great. It's it's like it's like a it's a it's. I can't say that it, you know they're only done with season one right now, so I can't be like, "Oh man, this is one of the greatest shows of all time." But it's got a lot of potential. It's really good.
0: No, see, so you need to just come with top five show, boom.
1: Well, no, like that's the thing with the show is that it's going to be difficult for me to like. I know. Like, I don't have. I. 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 I, I like. I'm not a hot take, like.
0: No, you're not at all. I, I, you need to come to the, my school of hot takes, and <laughs> it
1: just it doesn't come naturally. I'll
0: teach me. you. No, you're way too nuanced for for this. But but I think that you'll give it a go. I, I and and from our from our pre-show talk, it sounds like you're on the right track.
1: Yeah, you know what's interesting is one of I'm, I'm drinking a, a Ben Roethlisberger out of a Ben Roethlisberger cup right now, oh. and and I'm going to be talking about Ben Roethlisberger later on the show. But it's one of those every time I go to a to a uh like a stadium or something i always get like a cup yeah mm-hmm. i like having the cup because that's what i drink water out of all day mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm drinking out of a ben roethlisberger one right now and it's getting me kind of amped up to, to start tearing him
0: apart later in the, in the podcast is it just regular water is that what you're drinking
1: yeah i'm drinking regular water i'm not drinking your
0: miller light crap well i'm not No, i don't expect you to be drinking miller light during the uh you know, during the workday, I'm just saying because I I go through about uh, six to eight uh, seltzer waters. So what are you during the day? What even are you? <laughs> what's wrong with you? Know it's it, it's a little it's a little bite. It's a little you know it's like regular water, but it's not horrible. No,
1: it, what's wrong? Wait, so you don't like regular water?
0: I mean, I like it. yeah. I mean, I like it when I'm really thirsty, but I just can't like during the day when I want something. Yeah, I don't want I can't drink I'm not I don't drink soda anymore.
1: Right. I'm I'm done with that too.
0: Right. So, you know, because uh, I wanna live and <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so so I drink I drink club soda and seltzer water and that stuff is good and I think I'm pretty much spending like a third of my income now on <laughs> <That's what I'm laughs> club like
1: do like, have a, I have a faucet that gives me my drink when you' you're, you're yeah. spending a third of your income on yours that's that seems a little bit a, a little bit crazy right
0: well I mean Melissa will not go for like the store brand club soda it has to be like club soda from the mountains of you know Colorado <laughs> so, you know so,
1: so she's into it too.
0: Oh yeah, no. I mean, we yeah, we just we just binge on. Uh, if, let's put it this way: if club soda was was alcohol, we we would both be dead.
1: Yeah, con. Yeah, constantly just yeah, just they, really screwed up. they
0: yeah. would be an orphan. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Right.
1: That's interesting. No, I just constantly. I'm constantly drinking water all day long. and constantly like to feel hydrated. Denny.
0: Got to go. Oh, you know what really annoys people when I go when I work at a bar for like a few hours a day, and I I'll order like six to eight uh, club sodas during the day. You work
1: at a bar, like 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 you're working at. I, I know what you mean by work. I, I don't mean you're a bartender, you know, but you're at a bar.
0: Yeah, like I sit at a bar and and work. Yeah, is that what really? You- Why
1: don't you go to like Panera or Starbucks or or one of those places? Uh, you go, you go to a legitimate bar.
0: I I go. Well, I mean, sometimes they're like chain bars, like you know, American tap room or something, but but
1: you're still, but you're still going to bars.
0: Yeah. I go to bars. Right. Cause I, this is really interesting. I want to get, I want to get S faced by, uh, by noon. So. <laughs> <S-faced>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
1: gosh. So, so you're, so that's why that's, that is the reason why midday tweets from you are so insane. <laughs>
0: i think that uh, i think you are on something yeah, but,
1: we just figured hopefully your employer is not listening to this podcast Right.
0: so so at the end you know by by like the third or fourth club soda they're like what do you want to eat what do you want to eat what do you want to eat and i and I, I just want to say look dude i'm gonna tip you really well because i know it's annoying <laughs> i know this is annoying right uh but i'm not gonna order your stupid greasy uh french fries you know so leave me alone
1: Right, you're you're like sometimes you do say just give me a pile of corn.
0: Yeah, I mean, they don't have that on the menu, so I don't know. I'm... Corn and club soda. That's weird. Sounds like, sounds like the name of my uh, future uh, '80s cover band. <laughs> yeah, <it> really does.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, well, before we get started with the uh, the the bold predictions, the hot takes episode, which we did do last year too, but um, this time we're going to each give three. Uh, bold predictions Then we'll get to Twitter questions and stuff Don't forget to go to LateroundQB.com Slash shop Buy the t-shirts Did you get your t-shirt Have you ordered And got t-shirts in the mail
0: I It's it's gonna be here tomorrow I got the uh, I run like a dad In, in the red And I'm really nice. excited I'm really excited To get it Yeah Nice
1: Yeah I uh, I got the uh, Amanda and I both got Living the stream shirts With the, the logo on it And that, that came in the mail And it, it fit well Looks great so Great. go to lateroundqb.com/shop. Buy the T-shirts, and we're giving all proceeds to No Kid Hungry, uh, because we don't. We that would be wrong, it right? Be we're wrong. we're not we're not taking this
0: money. No, no, that it's for the kids, and and uh, and please feel free to like tweet. You know, tweet your t-shirt. Tweet you and wearing a t-shirt. They, I think these are great, and I will retweet the hell out of those. So yeah, yeah,
1: same. And then uh, you know, we haven't added I or I haven't added any t-shirts yet, just because this past week has been pretty insane. But we will be adding t-shirts to the site, including Alex Smith ones, mm. Jason Witten ones, everything that that all all different t-shirts that you're gonna wear in the public in public, and no one's going to understand what the hell you're wearing.
0: Right. I think there was an, a great idea for a darter t-shirt.
1: Yeah, yeah. I also want to. I'm gonna create one of of your avatar, probably.
0: Oh man, that'd be great.
1: Like just like at the bottom of the t shirt, and have your hair like kind of kind of going up to the chest.
0: Uh, and man, white
1: on top. It's gonna be great. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll be selling we'll be selling Denny shirts,
0: right? And if I ever wear the in public, I give everybody permission to punch me right in the neck. Yeah, because yeah, that,
1: that would that would be although that's pretty on brand, Denny. It's on equity.
0: It is. <laughs> <You're right>. It's <laughs> totally on equity. Right. It would be good for my brand, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. People would say, "Hey, what is that shirt?" And then they'll look up at your face and be like, "Oh my god! Oh,
0: you're such an idiot!" <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. You could wear that to the bar while you're working. <laughs> it makes. <sense. laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Denny. Why don't you kick things off with your flaming your first flaming hot take?
0: All right, everyone, listen. You you really need to put on your flame retardant suit right now. Because I'm about to say something that will... Well, you know what? It can't get me kicked off fantasy Twitter because you can say anything on fantasy Twitter.
1: Oh, yeah. You can say whatever you want. So
0: Here's my first hot take. Eli Manning will score more fantasy points this season than his brother.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) It's so hot.
1: My my body is just burning.
0: I had to take my shirt off for that one. Call
1: the fire department. (laughs)
0: Um. So yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about why Eli makes for an enticing um, late round option. If if he falls to late rounds, you know, sometimes he's not. I mean, I think that he's QB eleven off the board right now. Um, and uh, the, the there are two main things that I that I would point to. One is um, <clears throat> that I thought that Eli's production last year came, you know, pretty much all when OBJ went nuts, went nuclear, right? Um, well, it it turns out, uh, that Eli scored almost the same number of fantasy points in the first half of last year as he did in the last half of last year. Uh, and I know people will point to that Washington Monday night game, which by the, you know, obviously we streamed, we, we we streamed them on uh, the Rob Silver show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. MBD. Uh, no big deal. And, and, but he, um, so, and people will point to that and say, well, that, that's why, but he actually, if you look through his first half games, I mean, they were they were pretty decent. Even like the thing, the one uh, Monday Night Opener where it looked to be a debacle, he actually ended up being okay in that game. So, um, uh, I you know I just in that offense and I really like Ben McAdoo's offense. I really like his weapons. I, li- I like I like Vereen, I like Jennings out of the backfield. Uh, um, I I like Larry Donald more than most, I guess. Um, and uh and Ruben Randall so i'm a, i'm just a huge giants apologist and that's probably because they pay me to be that but yeah. um yeah they uh, pay
1: yeah they definitely do
0: right so and uh and then on the Peyton side of things i look i know he was he was hurt pretty significantly over the over the last like six or eight game or well six games last year um yeah down the stretch yeah and and that and that made a huge difference i mean in in those games uh he averaged points uh 0. 0.46 uh fantasy points per dropback and that is a huge drop from his uh his normal uh points per dropback which hovers around uh 0. 0.6. Uh mm-hmm. so that you know that's that's significant. Um but the the deep passing percentage across the whole season now this is you know before he was dinged up and then after was really bad and I looked into that because I was thinking you know that's something that he was really criticized for late in the season was his inability to hit people deep and his, um his deep passing uh, accurate accuracy percentage per pro football focus was just above Josh McCown's and actually worse than Brian Hoyer's in 2014. Wow. Um, so I just, you know, I think that, uh, you know, quarterbacks hit, hit, they hit, they fall off the cliff eventually, you know, they just do. And if you look at, um, his, uh, road SIM score comps, he, you have a lot of quarterbacks who fell off the face of the earth in those SIM scores. Uh, so I'm not saying that Peyton is undraftable, um, at, at all, but I, I am saying that, uh, I think that it's perfectly reasonable, as 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 hot takey as this is. I think it's perfectly reasonable to think that Eli can can be right up there with with Peyton. You know, because I don't think Peyton is a will finish among the top five this year. See, this
1: is this is why I'm so bad with hot takes, uh, hot take podcasts, and hot takes, and and doing this because I'm so like I'm so into like. Peyton and Breeze whenever they fall right. just because of their potential upside. It's just this is like the perfect example of the difference between the way you and I play fantasy football. Yeah, and, and, like, and perfect example. And
0: if and if Peyton falls, like I've seen him fall to ridiculous grounds sometimes and I
1: got yeah, I got him in the 8th in the Apex League that yeah, we're in. I mean, you
0: have to take him there. You have Yeah, to.
1: especially yeah, I mean, the main reason I did there was because I had drafted Foster in the first and I didn't want to have to like play the waiver wire game and like have to worry so much about the roster spot because I knew that Foster was just going to be kind of sitting there. But like, but still, I mean, I, I'm still, I think, I think that what you said makes complete sense and it shouldn't surprise anyone if something like that were to happen. And that's what this podcast is all about.
0: Boom. Okay. You go with your first hot take.
1: All right. My first hot take probably won't be super surprising given what we've talked about on previous podcasts this summer, what I've written about, if anyone's read my, my stuff. Uh, but the first one is that I'm I'm going to say that David Johnson outscores Andre Ellington this year.
0: Oh God, it burns so much.
1: The rookie the rookie is going to outscore the third year running back. So here's the deal, and I've mentioned this many many times in the past. You have Andre Ellington's 2013 rookie season. I talked about this last week. Was super super efficient. Uh, he averaged 0.06 rushing net expected points per rush, which is the, the metric we use at number fire, which was one of the highest marks in the entire NFL, NFL among relevant rushers. Uh, but then last year, that number dropped to minus 0.14, which was the worst among all running backs with 200 or more carries. So the question is, what is Andre Ellington? Is it because did, he, did his numbers drop because of the offensive line, because they didn't have quarterback play, because of that foot injury? You know, there are a lot of reasons why his numbers dropped, but at the same time, I don't think that we can just we can just write off the fact that uh, you know him getting all that volume had nothing to do with it. I think it had a lot to do with it. I think that is the kind of running back that Andre Ellington is. He needs less volume in order to be effective, which is what we saw during his rookie season and what he was in college as well. So because of that, then the Cardinals go out. They get a they get David Johnson with a top one hundred pick, third round draft pick. David Johnson, who is a faster uh, more athletic version of Andre Ellington who can catch the ball out of the backfield, which is a huge reason that Andre Ellington was effective in PPR leagues last year is because he got so much volume out of the backfield. Um, and without that volume, Andre Ellington really wouldn't have been in RB two as he was last season. Uh, so I think given what the the Cardinals moves, given the fact that I trust David, David Johnson's measurables and, and how he's even performed in the preseason, he he's looked pretty solid. Uh, uh, in the in the backfield for them. I think there's there's opportunity for Johnson to not only be a better value than Andre Ellington is uh in drafts right now, but to actually outscore Andre Ellington because I I see Andre Ellington more as a change of pace guy and David Johnson potentially because we know we already know that Andre Johnson or we kind of know that he can't carry the load, but there's that amb- ambiguous future with David Johnson where there's that chance that he could be a guy that can that can run between the tackles that that Andre Ellington has proven to not be able to do and David Johnson's biggest knock entering the league is that he's sort of like Andre Ellington in, in that he dances at the line of scrimmage but if David Johnson can fix that because you know he's a rookie he's an inexperienced guy that could that could you know perhaps need coaching then maybe David Johnson's the guy that is their every down back, and Andre Ellington comes in and actually spells him. So I think value-wise, I own way more David Johnson than I do Andre Ellington, but there's that outside shot, and since this is a a bold prediction podcast, that David Johnson outscores Andre Ellington this
0: year. See, but that... That's uh that's way almost too well reasoned to be to be a hot take. So see, I think but the
1: thing like I think that, that like there there are so many it's really interesting to me that the Andre Ellington love out there. And mm-hmm. sure, he could he could be fine. Like he could he could end up being a, a solid RB two for you this year. Like that's not out of the realm of his of his possibilities. But there are so many red flags with him. There are mm-hmm. so many red flags. And I think people are just ignoring it because they're they just say, Oh, foot injury. Oh they didn't have a quarterback well Kerwin Williams was behind the exact same offensive line last year and was way better than Andre Ellington was so I mean what what what's it going to be you can't pick and choose your narratives you have you actually have to look at every angle and to me looking at every angle says that there's a lot of question marks surrounding Andre Ellington
0: yeah no I, I, he's on for me he uh, Ellington is undraftable at his adp. Hmm. Um. And and Johnson is still really low, right? I mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting him in double-digit rounds. Now I'll, I'll take that all day as like my RB four or five on my roster, and and yeah. let alone in, in a in a best ball league where, um, you know those kind of running backs are gone. I mean, Andre, people people are drafting Andre Ellington even earlier in MFL tens just because of the need for running backs. So you know, I think I I think that Johnson is one of the most obvious late round running back targets, especially if you're going zero RB.
0: Oh yeah, no. If you're going zero zero RB then yeah, I think he's a must must get. And I I think Ellington could maintain like you know passing down role. He's a really good pass catcher. Um you know, but but uh I just don't see him living up to his ADP at all.
1: Yeah, I'd be very surprised if Ellington at the end of the season <clears throat> basically, you know, everyone's projecting him to to have 200 carries. Mm-hmm. That that's just that's the way the consensus is looking, mm-hmm. and I would be very surprised if he has 200 carries. Right, I really would. I I think think the Chris Johnson signing was not just just a depth signing. I think that people people wanted you know people were tweeting after it happened. They were saying, oh, this is a bigger deal for David Johnson because he's been injured and and they need they need the depth for Andre Ellington. It's like no, maybe it's just because they don't like what Andre Ellington has done. That's why they went out and got David Johnson in the third round.
0: Right, so. It's all perfectly reasonable to me.
1: Yeah. Go ahead with your next scorching hot
0: take. All right. Super hot. All right. Some people on Twitter probably won't be shocked by this, but Jordan Cameron will finish the year as a top three tight end. And maybe that's not the hottest hot take ever because I could have said like the top tight end period. But uh, I I just, I don't see that in the range of outcomes for him, um, even though I want to. Uh, And, um, what makes him so attractive to me is, well, besides his stunning good looks, which come on, I mean, the guy, the guy's looking, oh, dude, good he's good gorgeous. looking. I mean, the,
1: he is the, so gorgeous.
0: The three, the three day beard and the sandy blonde hair. I mean, come on. Yeah. Gorgeous. Uh, um, so, uh, <laughs> anyway, um,
1: nothing wrong, nothing wrong with, with
0: saying that he's gorgeous. No, I'm, I have no problem with it. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm very open about uh, judging men's looks. You know this. Um, uh, so, uh, so, so Cameron is, is now the I think the ninth tight end off the board. Um, and, uh, that to me just, you know, screams opportunity for anyone who, um, doesn't really want to stream the position, which I can't blame you. Cause as we've said, JJ and I have said many times streaming tight end is not like streaming defense or streaming quarterback. I mean, that that's, that's tough action because they're so touchdown dependent. You know, um, I wrote a piece today uh, this week for the fake football um, that looked at tight out t- tight end route running among streamers and starters, right and um, what, when healthy in Cleveland, uh, Cameron ran the most routes of any tight end um, uh, in you know in the league. I mean even even Gronk and Graham did not run as as many. I mean he was up near 40 40 routes per game, which is like a receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, he doesn't block. Okay. He doesn't block. He is a guy who just runs down the seam. He's a mismatch. He's too fast for linebackers. He's too big for safeties. I think he's a great red zone threat on a team that doesn't really have a, you know, a great red zone threat, um, especially with Devontae Parker out. So, you know, I don't know. I just think, uh, um, I just think that in, in that Miami offense, which I expect to be really good, that he has tremendous upside and, and consistency. I mean, I just I don't think that this is just going to be um, three or four berserk games that he has. I think that that he will he will become a plug and play starter in that offense.
1: Nice, yeah. I mean, there's lots of opportunity in that offense without a doubt. Uh, and they don't they haven't you know with Devon, with with Parker's injury and him not getting reps, they don't have a red zone threat whatsoever. So that's that's great for Cameron because we all know that touchdowns correlate so strongly to tight end production.
0: Yeah, that, right. I mean, you said it best. I mean, it, I was trying to soft soap it, but yeah, they don't have a. They, I mean, last last year, their their red zone threat. I mean, I mean, uh, I know Mike Wallace caught a bunch of short touchdowns, and that was fluky. But their main red zone threat was Charles Clay, and right. and, and Cameron, I think, is t- uh, three inches taller uh and like 20 pounds heavier than Clay. Yeah, much in
1: a more athletic body. I mean, Clay Clay was kind of the hybrid type that would play fullback a little bit too and and Jordan Cameron is like the the basketball playing athletic tight end that everyone loves to target.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, yeah, I I see Cameron as a as an elite tight end.
1: Nice, very nice. Uh the next the next hot take that I'll dig into. I won't do the Ben Roethlisberger one yet. I'll do I'll talk about uh, a guy that is not getting talked about whatsoever this offseason aside from recently because of an injury. That's Alshon Jeffery. Uh, I I think that there's a chance that he finishes as a top three receiver this year. So, you know, right now he's being drafted kind of in that late second, early third area after, you know, Cobb, maybe sometimes after Mike Evans because of Mike Evans upside but, you know, I think that there's a lot of opportunity that's being kind of missed with Alshon right now. I mean, even with, with Brandon Marshall seeing over 100 targets last year in the 13 games that he played, Alshon finished with 10 top 24 performances in PPR leagues, mm-hmm. which was tied with Jordy Nelson and, and Odell Beckham, and it was third most in the league. Only Des and Antonio Brown had more. Wow. Uh, so now Brandon Marshall's gone. Kevin White's already hurt. You have Eddie Royal and Marcus Wilson, uh, who will be there to step up. But again, it's 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 without Brandon Marshall. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey is the guy in this offense. Uh, you have Martellus Bennett, obviously, as well. But his role, even if it even if he gets a little bit more volume, it's not going to be something so significant that that Alshon, you know, isn't getting the kind of volume that that a top wide receiver would. I think that Alshon has an outside shot, given given the way that uh, game script is more than likely going to go for this team, given their defense. I think Alshon has an outside shot of leading the league in targets this year if he's healthy. Yeah. So you know, I think given all that, you got to worry about the calf injury that that came out, and and obviously monitor that. But I think that Alshon really is an underrated asset right now that not enough people are talking about, just because of the fact that you know there's nothing truly exciting happening in the bear from from the Bears' perspective. I mean, nothing nothing is interesting. It's yeah. it's. They're, they're going from a Mark Tressman offense to, you know, they're, they they have John Fox and, and Adam Gase now running in who are going to be more than likely a little more conservative than what Mark Tressman was. So I think that's a turnoff for people, and they're just not analyzing the situation that much. But I think, you know, as a result of, of all of that, we've just kind of overlooked the fact that Alshon could be a, a complete target monster this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're going to be uh, uh, definitely uh, dad play callers uh mm. in Chicago.
1: Oh yeah, they're they're definitely going to they're <laughs> going to dad it up. They're going to be wearing carpenter jeans every every Sunday and yeah. yeah. And it's going to it's not going to be it's not going to be the the most uh the prettiest yeah. offense. I mean, you have a, a guy who turns the ball over a lot in Cutler. I mean, it, it's not going to be fun to watch per se but at the end it's it's you know you it's it's going to be one of those offenses where you just watch the game and you're like yeah whatever and then it's like holy crap Alshon Jeffrey just had 12 targets like yeah. that's that's what I think is going to end up happening and he, it's not like he has the worst quarterback situation it's not like he has a DeAndre Hopkins type quarterback situation you know Jay Cutler's better than 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 Brian Hoyer so you know I think that there's just that outside shot that he gets at volume and even if he's not the most efficient wide receiver in the NFL, that volume could make up for it. And he could launch himself and be I potentially top three.
0: Well, yeah. Well, while, while we don't chase quarterbacks who will have volume, we do chase wide receivers and other positions. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's a huge difference between this whole playing from behind thing with the quarterback position versus playing from behind from a wide receiver. Cause Targets correlate a lot stronger to fantasy output than volume or attempts yeah. do at the quarterback
0: position. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I, I think that that's. I think the Bears will be a really bad team. You know? Yeah, but, they're gonna be terrible. Really bad, playing from behind a lot. Yeah, you, you have C- Cutler's obviously king of the de-gaff metric, and uh, yeah. that's what that's what you want for a big giant uh, uh, red zone target like like Alshon.
1: Yeah. All right, Denny, hit us with your last one.
0: All right, last one is. Uh, Andre Johnson will not finish 2015 as a top 30 wide receiver. Oh, oh, so hot. Let's um, know why. <clears throat> so last year, I, and I was shocked to see this. Um, uh, he had 147 targets and finished as wide receiver 38.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean that if you if so, I was just I was just looking down you know the 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 receivers from last year and you just you know at the top you see it, obviously a ton of targets you see 180 you see 160 you see 120 you see 130 and then as you go down you see you know 70 60 50 and then you get and then you hit Andre and he has oh, he has so many he yeah. has, he has more than guys who finished in the top 10 right okay <clears throat> so i look back at 2013 when he was a top 12 receiver um, and he needed a hundred, almost a hundred and eighty targets that year to be a top twelve receiver. Right. Okay. So he has, well, like like we were just talking about with Alshon, he has gotten by somewhat on on volume but he right. didn't even but that's the thing though he didn't even get by on volume last year
1: he's like the andre he was like the andre last year's andre ellington of if you have the name andre you're screwed
0: that's I'm, you're
1: the least efficient player ever that, and not only that the second least efficient running back last year with 200 carries andre
0: williams see this is my approach to fantasy football now you you fade the andres
1: fade the andres
0: <laughs> t-shirt
1: yeah, fade the Andre. That, that probably that would not go over well. Oh, some oh, no. some dude named name Andre comes up to yeah. to you wearing that. What's that mean?
0: Yeah, let's yeah let's avoid that one. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so in other words, he has done nothing with his opportunity for two seasons. Okay, he's always been really bad in the red zone. And Rich Rebar has shown that it's not you know it's it, it's not just that he's had bad quarterbacks throwing in the ball. Like he ha- he's not good. In the red zone, okay, Mm -hmm. and then I know that there's there's the appeal is, you know, he's attached to Andrew Luck's perfect offensive machine, right? Right. right. That that'll score the
1: the flawless Andrew Luck.
0: Yeah. Right. Okay. That's a topic for a different day, but uh, he so so that that's his appeal. So if Andre went pretty much anywhere else except for maybe Green Bay, he would be unattractive to almost everyone, right?
1: yeah i mean if yeah even if he's a number one wide out in any other offense i bet you he's an eighth rounder
0: exactly so you know as much as i really i love andre johnson over his career i've i've had him you know i've had him in spots throughout you know throughout his prime and and even even in the last couple of years um, last year unfortunately so uh anyway i just i can't get on board with c d p um i and i also think that You know Dante Moncrief and Philip Dorsett are breathing down his neck. I mean, are they? Would that be bad for the Colts' offense if if they inherited that that role that Andre Johnson has, or 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 something? I mean, if they replaced him in the starting lineup, would that be bad for them? I think it would be good. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I wrote I I wrote about Andre whenever the Texans cut him because a huge a huge thing with him, and, and trust me, I mean I'm not this isn't necessarily the best thing to compare because DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. But if you look at the differences between DeAndre Hopkins and Andre Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins over the last, at least last year was basically twice as efficient as Andre Johnson was at, with, with each target. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm not necess- I'm kind of in the middle with Andre Johnson. Like I'll, you know, like I have exposure to him in MFL tens just because I have exposure to basically everyone. But like, you know, I can see the reason that it could be a huge bust because of how inefficient he's been. But at the same time, you can see where there's somewhat of a ceiling just because Andrew Luck's there. Um, but I, I totally, I totally can get behind, at least from a bold prediction standpoint, this particular bold prediction because he, I think, last year among wide receivers, uh, in, according to number fire metrics, was only, only only Cecil Shorts was less efficient than Andre Johnson.
0: Oh, the ghost of Cecil Shorts. Wow. Yeah, yeah.
1: So it was. It's not. It's not pretty, man. It's not pretty at all. It's been. It's been like that for two years now. So if you're banking on him as your wide receiver one, because you went RB heavy, you might want to try to flip some things around in your roster. You might
0: want to just delete it and start again in 2016. Yeah,
1: delete the account. <laughs> yeah. Delete the account. Right. Um, so the last hot take of the, of the, of the podcast, my take is that Ben Roethlisberger won't finish as a top 10 quarterback this year.
0: Wow. This so, is something.
1: Yeah. So no one can, can complain that I'm, I'm Steeler biased because I'm not, mm. I, I I don't. So here's the deal. So Ben finished as, as a top five quarterback last year. Everyone knows that he had a great season. Uh, but we also should realize, and know, I think most people know, but they, they kind of choose to forget it, especially if you're looking at cumulative numbers, but 26.1% of his fantasy total, 80 points, came in those two games out of his 16 games that he's played. So over a quarter of his production came in one-eighth of his contests. Uh, so that that's a big red flag. The other, thing, the other thing to remember, and I don't have this in my notes or anything, but... When they when they the Steelers played the Colts, Vontae Davis left the game, if you recall. And then when they played the Ravens, Jimmy Smith wasn't playing. Like there's a reason. Like the, the Ravens secondary got so bad when Jimmy Smith got hurt yeah. last year, yeah. and Vontae Davis was is is one of the be, was one of the best corners in the entire NFL last year. And him being out, what I mean, middle of the game. It's not like or actually early in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. It's not like you can it's not like you can easily plan for that. It's not like they had a week worth of practice without Davis. So. You know, that that was another thing to remember with those two six-touchdown t- six games. Uh, but he ended up finishing with eight top-12 performances, which isn't bad by any means, but it's really nothing out of the ordinary. Like, our streamer last year also had eight top-12 performances with an extra week of play uh, because Ben Roethlisberger had a bye week. Um, but the other thing to remember, too, with the Steelers is that their schedule was absurd. They played the AFC South and the NFC South, the two worst divisions in the entire NFL uh which which is actually the reason why the Ravens, Steelers and Bengals all made the playoffs last year. It's not necessarily because those teams were so extraordinary It's because the schedules were so freaking easy that they were able to to take advantage of that. Um and we also I think there's a lot about Martavis Bryant and about how he he really uh made Ben Roethlisberger a better fantasy quarterback. Well, that's not wrong. Because of those two games that he played with Martavis, and Martavis definitely made the Steelers a better offense. Uh, four of Ben's worst seven, uh, four of, of Big Ben's worst seven games came week ten or later last season. Wow! So there's a lot of like, there's a lot of just picking and choosing of this narrative. I think that's what's common with kind of some of the guys that that we don't like. Denny is that a lot of times it's because we want to prove these narratives wrong, and there's these generally accepted things about. Fantasy players that just aren't correct, like Ben Roethlisberger last season. Like it's just amazing to me. People forget about that Jets game where the Steelers' offense was horrible, just completely dreadful. And Michael Vick beat them. Like, are we forgetting? Are we forgetting that that the only reason Ben Roethlisberger was even remotely relevant that week was because he threw an eighty-yard garbage time touchdown to Martavis
0: Bryant? That was like, so annoying. Yeah.
1: Like, like there, there's just you know. And and even with even with uh, Martavis Bryant last season, so there's nine relevant fantasy games. Let's just exclude Week 17. Roethlisberger had four games of 14.2 or fewer fantasy points. Just for reference, our streamer last year was putting up like 17 and a half fantasy points per game. Um, so yeah. sure. so our streamer our streamer was was I mean and and I did an article on this. Our streamer was basically Ben Roethlisberger last year from a week to week perspective. It's just that those two games really buoyed what he did. Yeah. Not only that, we're it's like, it's like Le'Veon Bell's out the first two weeks. Marquis Pouncey is going to now be out for a long period of time. Martavis Bryant has a four game suspension and a four game suspension is massive in a 13 game fantasy season. So, you know, I think putting it all together, I think that, uh, you know, I felt this way even before the Bryant suspension, but Ben Roethlisberger is being way overdrafted. He's in that replaceability territory at the quarterback position in that Fifth, sixth round, mm-hmm. where it just it blows my mind that people are drafting him there, thinking that he has this top three ceiling, because I don't see it whatsoever.
0: Yeah, uh, when I see him go in the fifth or the sixth, it's so gross. I mean, mm. it's like it's like this guy is totally replaceable on a totally weekly basis, and you just burned a fifth rounder on him. I don't totally understand it at all.
1: Yeah, it, it it's really it really blows my mind. I I just I don't think that he has the ceiling that that people seem to think that he has. Even his top six performances, there were like eight or nine quarterbacks who had more top six. Per- like the crazy thing with Ben Roethlisberger, you actually were were playing his floor last year in fantasy football. Like it wasn't his ceiling. It was just those two games where he had a ceiling. You were actually playing him for his floor because his top t- top six performances really weren't I mean he didn't have an extraordinary amount of of those type of performances so I just think there's a lot of misguided way of thinking with the Steelers offense in general uh I'm kind of I mean as a fan myself like i'm 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 a lot more nervous about the offense than I think the the consensus is because i mean what what are they going to do the first two weeks of the season with d'Angelo Williams and Marcus Wheaton starting? But. And then and then even even when Le'Veon comes back, you still have Marcus Wheaton starting. I mean, it's just it's sad. The when before Martavis became uh, or became like an every week starter for them, uh or or player, not necessarily starter, the Steelers offense according to number fire adjusted uh, net expected points metric ranked twenty sixth in the league. Wow. So through that first five, six weeks of the season, they were they were not good. They were not good so so just just throwing it out there
0: Carson Palmer is probably on your waiver wire so go get him because he's gonna outscore Ben
1: oh yeah all about that Carson Palmer life all about it all right Denny let's uh let's get to the Twitter questions sound good yeah sounds good okay this one's from at Dave Tweeter he said two QB leagues harder or easier to stream quarterback compared to one quarterback leagues
0: so much harder
1: Very, very much harder. Just remember that streaming is all about supply and demand. So because the supply is greater than the demand in one quarterback leagues, there's a surplus. Uh, This is from our buddy uh, Russell Clay at Russell J. Clay. He said, thoughts on quarterbacks in the 10th to 12th round range. Would you rather completely punt or do some of those guys intrigue you?
0: Yeah, Tony Romo intrigues me.
1: Yeah, Romo. If Eli falls, if Tannehill falls, I think all of those guys are are more than and Sam Bradford.
0: Yeah. Uh, just real quick on Romo, uh, Mike Broad from Rotoviz and from um, a, the Apex Fantasy Leagues wrote a very convincing piece on Romo a few weeks ago that shows that uh, you know with with a stepped up pace of offense and not nearly as much running as last year. Um, puts him in you know elite ter- territory in other words his uh, sim score comps included Peyton Manning's nuclear 2013
1: yeah yeah I mean it's it's big I, I wish they had more weapons there like if without Des, I think Rich Rebar sent out a tweet one day he's like what would this offense be without Des Bryant
0: yeah it'd be, it'd be and it's average, yeah. it's frightening
1: but Des Bryant's healthy Next question from at da Myers ten River. We're getting some Week One questions, by the way. I have a schedule in front of me, Denny, so I'll I'll mention the matchups and stuff, and then we can answer that way. Um, this is at da Myers ten. He said Rivers versus Detroit or Bradford versus Atlanta in Week One.
0: Bradford for me.
1: Yeah, definitely Bradford. Yeah. Next one is at the Trooper seventy two. I'm in a I'm I'm in a league that dresses only one running back. PPR, Jay Stu, Mel Gordon, Ivory. Week one best bet. So let's see here. The Panthers are playing the Jaguars. The Chargers are playing the Lions. That's not that's not great. Uh, even though the Lions' defensive line is a lot different, and the Jets are playing the Browns. So none of them are are fantastic matchups. I personally would probably
0: go with Jay Stu. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm pretty confident with that.
1: Yeah. Next one is at football. Smitty, he said, if Spiller is out week one, who would you look at starting? Joique Bell against the Chargers, Kyrie Robinson against the Cardinals, David Cobb against the Bucks, mm. oh. or Ronnie Hillman
0: against the Ravens. Wait, if who is out week one? Spiller. Oh, Spiller. Yeah. And go ahead.
1: Okay, I would say I would I would. Whew. I would go with Joyc Bell, hoping that he is healthy. Just read reports before, sure, because he's got the best matchup there. Um, next one is at X Mike. He said in an auction PPR draft with two flex spots, best to go after stud wide receivers and find value elsewhere. PPR draft yes. with two flex spots. Yeah, yes. I agree. Nope. That's when you that's when you have to take advantage. I was actually just texting my brother about this because he's about to do an auction draft where there's like five flex spots mm-hmm. and only one running back spot. And he's keeping Antonio Brown and I'm telling him to basically throw his budget at Julio and Dez. Oh my god. And and have Julio Dez, and Antonio Brown and just win every week. It's over. It's over That sounds like a that sounds like a darter take, but it's it's No for it real. is. It's boom,
0: it's over. Yeah. Um, uh, no, seriously though, if you have like a lot of flex spots and one I, cause I actually for a draft day consultant I I, I uh, did this draft the other day uh, with this guy who had three flexes uh and, and one running back and so we just I mean, we just use the first six picks on on wide receivers, right? I mean, yeah. so what?
1: Yeah, it's a lot different. The supply and demand side of things just changes dramatic. And if it's full PPR, then of course take wide receivers because they score more. Because uh, in the in the flex, um, this is from our buddy at Two QB FFB Sal. He said, "How does your quarterback streaming approach change in leagues that deduct six points for interceptions?" <laughs> Very funny, Sal. Uh,
0: never, never roll with Cutler
1: yeah never oh actually no never roll with andrew luck hey
0: oh hey, hey. Dick burn
1: next one is at the dylan ryan i don't get jarvis landry in standard please explain him to me
0: <laughs> i can't i can't i can't
1: yeah neither i don't think denny and i are on landry i mean he's fine i understand his adp i just haven't necessarily bought a ton of him just know. because of, of the, the weapons that they have there now
0: yeah no i mean you know he's a guy who could who will see 110 targets or so. But so what? I mean, the, all the right. targets are right at the line of scrimmage. I mean, he his his a dot last year made Julian Edelman look like freaking you know Vincent Jackson.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Um, this this one this next question is an interesting one. I've actually gotten it a couple times. Uh, this is at last Jedi on Earth. Who do you prefer as a Week One play? Eli Manning and they're playing the Cowboys on the road. Or Carson Palmer against the Saints at home. That's so tough. I'm I'm actually gonna lean Carson Palmer.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, me too.
1: Because uh, I mean, if you look at, at the Vegas over under is a little bit lower, but the Cardinals are favorites. He's at home, and I think that's kind of the tiebreaker.
0: Yeah, I'm in. I'm in on Palmer. I, I said today on Twitter, my 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 hottest take on Twitter today was Palmer might be a top four week one play
1: yeah I saw that
0: yeah. with that with that uh, the New Orleans defense banged up the over-unders high I don't know I just I, I like them a lot
1: yeah this is from at SMGDH he said I'm making chili this week what should I put in it
0: corn no
1: put love in it
0: oh what
1: put, put all your love in your chili
0: one of the most that's one of the grossest things you've ever said on this podcast
1: I think it's I think it's a great con- contribution <laughs> Next one, I was about to say Contributation or something like that. The next one at, I just get all screwed up when I'm reading Twitter handles. The the next one is at C Styles fifteen best early week one de- defensive uh, streamer. Mm-hmm. Green Green Bay against Chicago, Tampa Bay against the Titans, Kansas City against the who's Casey playing?
0: Uh, Houston.
1: Yeah, Kansas City against Houston or New England against Pittsburgh.
0: So the problem with 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 all of those, most of those, is that they're away. They're playing away, and mm. so something that I really, really look for is that I'm streaming a home team favored by Vegas against a team that um, will probably be forced to throw the ball a lot, right? And mm. that doesn't; they, those teams just don't fit that mold. Now, I'm not saying that they're not playable, but but the two teams that I've targeted for for streaming Week One purposes only are the Jets at home against mm-hmm. against the uh, terrible Browns, Browns. offense. And the Bucks at home against uh, the Titans, and
1: yeah, so the well the Bucks are on that list, so he could he could go with that. Yeah,
0: so Bucks for me.
1: Yeah, solid, good good answer. This is at Doctor underscore Scal. He said, any more merit than usual in Week One DFS for tight ends like Greg Olson or Martellus Bennett, who should have increased workload due to injuries. Um, I think that's a really good question. In DFS in general, I try to have a pretty steady approach at tight ends, usually usually just Gronk. Um, but I think that in, in week one especially, you, you have to play it safe because you're going to think that you know more about football than you actually do.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Um, by the way, I don't hate the Ty God-Taylor-Charles-Clay stack. I'm just saying.
1: Oh, my goodness. I'm just saying.
0: I'm this gonna is get, what's going to gonna... happen. <laughs>
1: This is don't don't listen to Denny, everyone. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love Tyrod. I love Tyrod.
0: Ty God and when when when, when <laughs> sorry sorry Ty God when Charles Clay catches you know three balls for two touchdowns, then you come talk to me.
1: I oh, I, I thought you were, I thought two balls for three touchdowns was oh, gonna happen. Yeah, that could happen. Uh, this next one is at the Gemini. He said Delaney Walker slash Eifert or Jordan Reed slash Eifert in 0.5 PPR. I'm nauseous thinking about using De- Delaney Walker as a full-time starter. <laughs> Um I, I have a ton of I actually have a couple teams that are Jordan Reed and Tyler Eifert. Um 'cause just because you, you have that crazy upside in both of them. But Delaney Delaney Walker's fine. Delaney Walker was good last year. Yeah, what's wrong with Walker? I mean nothing's and, wrong with Delaney no, none of those op- those three tight end options are some of my favorite like guys to target late.
0: And and do you think the Titans are gonna are gonna be a ground and pound team? No. I mean as much as they would like to probably. They they won't. They they're gonna have to take to the air constantly.
1: Yeah, I actually really like – I like Kendall Wright a ton too this year. Me too. I I don't know why he's – in PPR leagues, I have no idea why he's dropping where he is. I I have – I don't mean to say in in a PPR league, but in in general, in general, with Kendall Wright, I I can't understand why he's dropping so much. He's he's like a lock for like 120
0: targets. I mean, lock. That's that's a that's conservative. I mean, he, yeah. he could see a ton a ton of work. And yeah. who cares if he stinks? He, you 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 know you you're getting you're getting a hundred and twenty hundred and thirty target guy in like the what the, the 10th, ninth
1: tenth round. round. Yeah. Yeah. This one is at Jake underscore easy looking for high, some high upside or high floor PPR wide receivers in the 11th of a, of my two QB league. Um, high upside. I've been getting a lot of Devonte Parker.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because
1: I think that like strictly upside that that's, I think that he has crazy upside I, because again, that offense has opportunity
0: out there. So this is, this has to be late round wide receivers.
1: Late round, yeah, and even even if you want to look at high floor PPR, maybe Eddie Royal.
0: Oh, Eddie Royal for sure, and and I gotta say, I gotta say Jeff Janis on that list. I mean, all right, that's fun. I I mean, if if Cobb is not right, uh, then Janis is is forced into like a major role, and and he's he's so cheap.
1: Yeah, next one uh, is at Hamster Flu he said on a scale from 1 to 10 how much does Denny hate fantasy football
0: oh it's like a nine and a half. yeah, yeah. and
1: then what what white tight end has the highest body fat percentage <laughs> <laughs> it's Jake Ballard
0: uh Scott does he have
1: to be active
0: Scott Chandler no Scott Chandler's fine um yeah
1: I like I like Jake Ballard oh, but you
0: know what before he was injured for the year Logan Paulson come on
1: oh my gosh the biggest dad runner mm. biggest dad runner what are some week one running backs to pick up late in a PPR draft? <clears throat> Guys playing in week one. I mean Houston running backs, I guess. Um, I just there's there's not there's not a ton that I can really think of off the top of my head.
0: Uh Reggie Bush?
1: Bill Bill's running backs.
0: Yeah, bills like so, running backs are so uninspiring.
1: They're super uninspiring. Yeah, I mean that that's the whole reason that it's not easy to just wait on the running back position and not have a running back. All right. This is this is kind of case in point.
0: And it's why Ty God's going to go for 120 yards on the ground. Just yeah. Exactly.
1: Exactly. This one is at Jake Zav. He said, "Who's your favorite rookie running back based on ADP between Tevin Coleman, Buck Allen, Duke Johnson, and David Johnson?" I think you know my answer.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll go with that
1: i was definitely team tevin though to start kind of in the into the uh, into the uh, right after the draft i was team tevin but just him not getting reps that offensive line looking atrocious i'm i'm not i'm not as into him at all right um this next one is at dan j morrison 31 i already have four set and ran cobb do you take manny sanders over the ingram gore stewart morris group I would take I I love Mark Ingram this year, so I would take Ingram personally.
0: But I I'm fine.
1: Manny Sanders is fine.
0: Yeah, I I would I would probably go Stewart there.
1: Okay, fair. Next one is the same guy at Dan J Morrison 31. Any any clear more clarity on Arian's injury and where he should go in a draft? So Arian Foster, they're saying he could return. I bet he returns like week four from what I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe five. Uh, I think there's a lot I like I I own so much of him that I've kind of just ignored him in drafts but I've seen him going in the fourth and fifth round I don't think that's necessarily wrong in the fifth per se but I probably wouldn't get him until like the sixth
0: I would happily take him in the sixth yeah yeah uh
1: next one at hendy la drafted sam bradford with the intent intent of streaming quarterbacks for the first time ever who should I look at for weeks two and three Mm. sam bradford yeah. He has, great, he, has, he has a great schedule.
0: Yeah, I mean, when we talk about streaming, it doesn't mean that you that you have to ditch your your guy from one week to the next. I mean, if right. he has another favorable matchup, then you're all with him.
1: We played we played, I think, Carson Palmer back to back weeks last year and Josh McCown back to back weeks right. last year.
0: I I do want to say one thing. We got a we got some sort of comment on Twitter today that said that said uh last one to draft a quarterback wins. And Yeah.
1: Oh my god, <laughs> I saw that.
0: That's again that's again not that's yeah. not quite it
1: listen listen to some uh, podcasts that we've done that's not not at all not at all the intent
0: yeah no seriously it's it's a it's a troubling misunderstanding it's like when when i talk about i my prioritizing of big receivers i'm not talking about tall receivers i'm talking about weight and height so it's just the late round quarterback thing is not quite totally understood by everybody but ahead. yeah
1: Next one is at J underscore John 23. If you weren't working in fantasy football slash writing, what would you be doing?
0: Uh, if, you had, if you had another job. Well, what would you be doing?
1: Well, I was working in advertising before this and it was terrible. <laughs>
0: Not I, fun. I would be running some sort of guerrilla political campaign.
1: Or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely. Well, according to my my Fox News hot take that I had a few podcasts ago, I probably would too. Yeah, no, I would. I would be, man. Probably, I would probably be going. I'd probably building websites and stuff. That would be it. Yeah, that's such a lame answer, though.
0: No, I mean, you know, I I would either be that or I would just be in Iowa uh, in with in the cornfields.
1: Yes. Yeah, just just eating your way through the cornfields just, in Iowa.
0: You're right. It was saving lives. People lost in the cornfields, they dropped me off. I just start you know, yeah. eating as much corn as I can. Exactly. Saving kids. This is
1: at Ducallian. What aspects of your DFS research helps you with your season long leagues and vice versa? I think the quickest answer to this is Vegas.
0: Yeah. Right. You, I mean you you want guys in high scoring games, you want defenses, you know, that that are favored to win at home. Stuff like yeah.
1: that. Uh, this one is at Breve Bronovan. He said, "Does strategy for draft and setting lineups change in Apex leagues? Do you go with the high floor options to beat the average score?" Mm. Uh, I think that's overthinking it. Yeah, I do too. It's think- like, yeah, that's like the bi week thinking. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, just just go. I mean, if if a guy is a better play, a guy's a better play. You know? Yeah.
1: Uh, this next one's, uh, at Andrew Schmidt 24, assuming he's using value-based drafting. Of course, who do you think is a Donald Trump's on Donald Trump's fantasy team after six rounds? That's such a good tweet. Andrew, like, you know, Donald Trump is the most value, like he, he value-based drafts so hard.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And he's like, my team is going to win every time.
1: He's, he's the guy that goes Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, and like, I'd like the two, three turn.
0: Right. He's yeah. He gets, uh, well, you know, depending on his league, he might end up with Rodgers, Luck, Gronk, and Graham.
1: Yeah, right. Because, no, he's probably playing in a three-team league because he just wants to win.
0: And he runs all of the teams, yeah. Yes, yes.
1: Uh, next one, at a blah-blah-blah. That's really the actual name. (laughs) I'm not not, not just doing that because I couldn't talk. I thought
0: you blacked out for a second.
1: (laughs) I just had a stroke on air. Um, Literally everyone in my 12-man league takes at least two quarterbacks. How do I handle this? We've talked about this in the past. Um, You you have to understand when your league is doing stuff like that, and then you can platoon the position. So draft two as well and then play matchups.
0: And also, it's not a big deal. I mean, they're gonna have to drop those guys with injury yeah, five yeah. weeks. They're gonna yeah. have to drop. It's a disastrous uh, um approach to fantasy, and they will suffer the consequences. So be happy about it. Yeah. and
1: it, you know I, I might you know, I might if I knew that was happening, I might get a higher floor, less risky quarterback, one like a Romo instead of a Sam Bradford, let's say. Mm -hmm. in in that league just to feel good and then once people are realizing that they don't need their backup quarterback then you can start to take advantage yep uh this next guy at grow he said in league full of kenny darters so (laughs) oh he's in he's in a league full of k darters so he has a, a stacked team but it leaves less space on a team to add players off the waiver wire how do i manage Trade, trade two, two for one trades should be your, your, your best friend throughout fan, the fantasy football season.
0: Yeah. I mean, it depends on how savvy your, um your league mates are, but usually that two for one offer gets people's attention big time.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's two more questions. Uh, this one at, at hide from friends. He said, should I drop Charles Johnson for John Brown, Eddie Royal or neither? And then he says that in the next tweet, he has Des. Demarius, TY Hilton and Jeff Janis already. And then he said, "I won't hear drop Janis suggestions." <laughs> look, look, I get it. I understand, but you should be dropping Jeff Janis for Charles Johnson. The the the, the probabilities here like Charles Johnson's floor realistic floor is Jeff Janis's ceiling. I I don't I don't
0: feel that's, bad about saying no, that's, that. That's that's hot take. So so you're a team anti Janis.
1: No, I love I love Jeff Janis, and I love the upside there. But you also have to look at a, a, your wide range of probability. Like if you're looking at a, a, a you know a couple standard deviations away from the mean, let's say, and you're looking at this 95% confidence interval, then you're you're looking like essentially Charles Johnson's top or low end is, I mean, barring injury, what you would probably expect as Jeff Janice's like higher end. I mean, but but there's still that possibility, of course, that Jeff Janis could be very, very legitimate. But I mean, it's like it's not like like a lot of this has to do with too that I like Charles Johnson a lot.
0: Me too. I really like Charles Johnson, but I actually think that I might want Eddie Royal there. As crazy as that. Damn! Out of nowhere, left field. I know. I know. Look, I've been I've been pumping Charles Johnson on on Twitter all winter and spring and summer, but I just I don't know. I there's I mean, Royal is going to get so much action in that offense. I'm, I'm
1: still, I'm definitely team Charles Johnson. Me too.
0: Oh God, it hurts.
1: Oh, you just lost your team Charles Johnson card.
0: Delete the account.
1: Delete the account, Denny. Uh, This last question at DP football one. If you want to take a running back in early round two in a 14 team league, are Gore and Miller okay around 16 or 17? Yeah, I, I actually I love Lamar Miller this season.
0: Yeah, I my, I I almost had a my one of my three hot takes tonight was almost about Miller. I just couldn't justify it.
1: But yeah, I, I I love Lamar Miller this season. I think that he's he's super underdrafted simply because he's kind of at the bottom of that one tier. Uh at that two three turn and then like into the third he drops and I think that he should be a late second round running back.
0: It, with with sixteen games healthy in that offense, I would be bowled over if he's not a top ten running back.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I totally, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. Awesome, dude. We might get under an hour on today's podcast. Wow, it might actually happen. So before we go, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you?
0: Yep, uh, on the Twitter at cdcarter13. Uh, check out com. I know the drafting season is coming to a close, but if you need any help with uh, pre-draft preparations, or in-draft help, or season long, or whatever. We're there for you. So check out draft day consultantscom and my writing is on TheFakeFootball.com.
1: Awesome. And I'm JJ Zacharyson. You can hit me up on Twitter at late round QB. and then you can read my work over at NumberFire.com pumping out tons and tons and tons of football content right now. Uh, and then also don't forget to go to LateRoundQB slash shop, buy a t-shirt, save a child.
0: For a good cause, yes.
1: For a great cause. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Next week, We will be talking week one streamers, as hard to believe as that is. Jeez. So thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes
0: now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out makecloudcubing.com.
1: We share about the teams and as we live, live in the street.